This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Today on the podcast, I want to talk about the future of jazz. We're going to talk about the future of jazz education, the future of the genre, the style, where it's going. We're going to, of course, have to deal with the age-old question, is jazz dead? And many of my thoughts about the state of jazz and the enthusiasm around the genre in this episode today. So grab your favorite beverage, grab your favorite snack, sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards, where we help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. By the way, if you've been listening for a while and you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do subscribe to the show so that you never miss out on any of the episodes coming out here. And if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. So glad to have you. A lot of times on the show, we do uh, tutorials on jazz, jazz theory, jazz improv, uh, jazz standards, you name it, right? But today I'm going to be talking about my thoughts on the future of jazz. So let's start off by... Getting out of the way, if you will, the whole conversation or the question of, is jazz dead? Okay. Is jazz dead? Now, I feel like years ago is when I started hearing this phrase or this question come up among jazz circles, right? So I'm talking about among some of my colleagues, perhaps, or professional jazz musicians that I was around, or just in general, the jazz community, those who are really interested in pursuing playing the music, right? Those that really care the most about the future of the music and its longevity and are passionate about the music, right? I started hearing this come up. I couldn't quite put a year on it when I started hearing this. I'm not sure if this has been a question for decades, But certainly within the last decade, I've heard this before, this question. Um, And the reason I'm getting this out of the way first is because I I find that it's a bit of an annoying question. And uh, not that I'm annoyed with those who are asking it, but there's a few problems with asking the question in the first place. So let's get down to the root of it again. And that is the fear that for some reason or somehow the style of jazz is going to be obsolete someday, right? Like just people are not going to want to listen to it. The enthusiasm of wanting to learn how to play it is going to die. Jazz clubs are going to be extinct. Um, It's just going to be a, a music that people talk about in the history books, right? That is the ultimate fear when people talk about is jazz dead. However, let's start getting some context first, because I feel like when we hear this, is jazz dead question, a lot of times it's rooted in this idea that somehow 
jazz has been on this steady decline over the years, right? Um, which, to a certain degree, you could say perhaps it has. But it also is based out of this false idea or this limited viewpoint of jazz from the people that are most enthusiastic about it, that jazz was somehow really popular music for a long time, right? But let's get some historical context into the picture. So really the only time in history where jazz as the style that we call it was popular music was essentially in the 20s and 30s, the early 1900s, okay? So the 20s and 30s is the time when jazz was actually considered popular music. And, well, why was that, right? And we're not just talking, by the way, popular as in just in the United States where the music was born. It also was popular worldwide. Now, think about it. Like, the... Record player was invented, I believe, sometime in the late 1800s, but I'm sure that people weren't really getting their own record players uh, and starting to get their own records to a little bit later, where recording music became more mainstream. But that was happening in the early 1900s. The radio, where that became more mainstream, is in the 1920s, right? So really what you're getting at this point is these... Um, popularizations of these inventions like the radio, like recorded music and record players and all that stuff. And, and by the way, forgive me if my dates aren't, aren't perfect, but just on the basic research I've done on this, you know, that's this is around the time. And what was the music that was the most popular at the time? It was this style called jazz. And it was these broad, what was the entertainment that was existing in, at the time as well, right? We're talking about um, these Broadway shows and jazz musicians adapting these, right? And things like this happening, right? And really, the the thing that made jazz popular music was that it was for dancing, right? And if you think about it, that makes complete sense. Because if you think about what the popular music is today or what the popular music was when you were growing up, a lot of it had to do with groove and dancing, Right? Um, like let's go like super modern, like, like today, right? The real popular music that's out right now that's, you know, on the radio stations is, um, hip hop, R and B, um, and like pop music, right? That's really kind of the stuff that you're hearing. And a lot of it kind of sounds the same or is using a similar formula because of the fact that, you know, a bunch of smart people in a room in a record company have come together and figured out what the magic formula for making the most money is. But that's a whole other subject for another day, right? But the whole point that I'm trying to make is that pretty much at any given point in time, the danceability of music is kind of what is a po an important ingredient of what makes music popular. And so swing music, which was, of course, prevalent in the 20s, and the 30s, especially in the 30s, you got the big bands and stuff like that, people going to dance halls and just dancing to this music. Like that's when it was popular. So let's first of all change our understanding and our expectations here because jazz, if you really think about it, was not popular music for very long. 
Okay, I'll say that again. It was not popular music for very long. In fact, really, as soon as two things started happening, A, jazz started becoming in the 1940s, for example, with the advent of bebop and such, became less about dancing and more about virtuosity, right? But then also as you had the introduction of electronic instruments, right? The electric guitar, um, synthesizers, all these things started coming into play and rock and roll really starts emerging as the popular style and variations of that. Like as soon as that starts happening, jazz is is not the popular music anymore. Very quickly is not the popular music anymore, right? Okay, so with that in mind, if we're really basing everything off of, you know, is jazz dying because of the fact that it was popular in the in the late 20s, right? In the 30s, right? Or something so, along that period of time. Let's say it had a really strong decade or 15 years in it, right? If we're basing it off of that, it's kind of a silly notion to to think that yeah, jazz is absolutely dead, right? And by the way, as I keep talking about my thoughts on the future of jazz, you're going to understand a little bit more about why I think the jazz is dead question is a bit silly. But already, that's kind of one reason why I think it's a little bit ridiculous, okay? Now, when we think about, like, is jazz on the decline, if we're looking at it strictly from record sales perspectives, like, who's actually buying or consuming jazz music, right? Well, certainly, at this point in time, jazz records are not being streamed nearly as much as other styles of music. They're not being purchased, obviously, especially because of the advent of streaming and essentially selling music and owning music is almost almost gone at this point, right? Then really, yeah, obviously jazz is not popular music, but the truth is jazz has not been popular music and has been um, music that is very not mainstream for a very long time. But we got to also think about the other side here, which is who's actually interested in jazz, right? So the main people that I would say are interested in jazz are one, those who grew up with the music. So in other words, this is um, folks in their later years of life or their parents. They grew up with their parents listening to that music. So we're talking about people in their 50s, 60s. And then you have folks that are musicians, right? I'm generalizing here a little bit, but I would say that a lot of people who are interested in jazz are actually musicians, right? And I think it's been that way for a long time. And it really kind of, in my opinion, probably started around the 1940s and 50s when bebop and virtuosity became so important. And then what you started happening is jazz becoming institutionalized, right? So in the same way where in high schools and in colleges, certainly I can at least speak to in the United States, classical music is an institutionalized educational music where you go and you learn about the different styles. We're just calling it classical for the sake of lumping all of these European styles of music, um, 
from eras gone by. We're just calling it that for 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 uh, for ease of term today, right? But studying all these different eras there, studying um, all the different composers, Mozart, Beethoven, so on and so forth, right? Understanding their styles, understanding the music theory that they're using. It's institutionalized because A, it's historical. It influenced tons of different music that came after it. Like without that kinds of mu- that kind of music, we wouldn't have so much of the styles of music that we have today, right? And certainly, like even that those styles and branches off of those styles are used, for example, in movies and all sorts of other examples that are used to portray emotion. So we have classical music as an institutionalized music and also because there's so much to learn about music within that style because there's a lot of depth within that music there's a lot of intricacy right um okay so with jazz it's the same thing there's a historical at this point a very historical foundation of the music without jazz and the blues of course without african-american music here Um, born in the United States, you don't have a vast majority of the music that exists today. You don't have rock music. You don't have R&B. You don't have um, country music, um, folk music, all this stuff. Like jazz and blues essentially have paved the way for the evolutions of all the other style of music that is gone. Okay, so that's important to understand. That's why jazz became uh, educationally institutionalized music, a music that people study in schools. And again, like classical music, it is a music with a lot of musical depth. So a lot of people are interested in studying jazz simply from the perspective of understanding harmony better, of understanding melody better, right? All these things, there's so much depth within jazz that studying it is going to just automatically make you a better musician and improve you, your playing whatever style of music you're playing, right? So that's why it's an, it's, it's an institutionalized music. So with all of that, we have to have that perspective, right? When we're talking about this and, and thinking about this jazz is, is jazz dead question because, you know, when we think about that, the answer is Absolutely not, right? Of course it's not dead. And then if you're going to ask the variation of that question, is jazz dying? In my personal opinion, the answer there is absolutely not. Like just from one angle of this that I'm talking about today, one angle, we have jazz as this institutional educational music. Just from that perspective, the historical and the educational side, this music is is here to stay. It is going to be in schools. It is going to be studied by musicians. It is going to be talked about, right? So from that perspective alone, no, it's not going to die, right? Now, if you live in a city like where I live, New York City, it is the hub of jazz, right? Obviously. But it comes very apparent that there is a flood of very young musicians who are colliding into this city, and not just New York, but all over the world, where um, there are great jazz programs and semi-decent jazz scenes, right? You have lots of young players 
that are filling up these music programs. And while I haven't seen any research or data to suggest like uh, is um, are you know, enrollments in these programs in these musical institutions down or up that I actually don't know. However, just from observation, to me, the answer is no, they it is not down. There is lots of young people from around the world and not just young people, older people as well, who are interested in actually going to an institution like a college to study the music, right? To show up onto the jazz scene. If you go to jazz clubs in New York City, for example, um, obviously, if you go to like the Blue Note, you'll find lots of just people who are interested in listening to the music or having a great cultural experience in New York be there. But if you go to any of the underground clubs, I'm talking about Smalls or Mesro, um, you know, 55 Bar, which unfortunately I believe no longer exists. Um, doesn't mean jazz is dead, by the way. But you go to those, what you're going to find is you're going to find a lot of younger students there who are obsessed with jazz and practicing jazz and trying to learn. So again, this goes back to my assessment of who is actually interested in jazz, and that is musicians. A big swath of those who like jazz are musicians, right? So I don't think there's going to be this appetite that's going to die of people that become really interested in jazz, right? I just don't think that that is on its way out, right? Um, you could argue that there are economic issues, right? Where it's like in New York, for example, we've seen some jazz clubs leave us, right? And probably in other places simply because rents go up way too high, but it's not really just jazz, right? It's any music venue that's struggling to make ticket sales, right? So it's easy for us to conflate these ideas and, um, you know, get worried or, or something like that. Um, so that's one aspect of it that I think we need to be thinking about as well. And as far as are there less people interested in listening to jazz in general, I, I don't think, again there that it's it's going away in the sense like non-musicians musicians again it's not popular music it has been popular music for a long time i think what i like to think about jazz is is it's kind of a more niche enthusiastic group of people about a certain topic sort of like when you think about like people that are really enthusiastic about shortwave radio. That's actually way too niche because jazz is much more of a bigger audience than people who are like nerds about shortwave radio. But let's say people who collect Pokemon cards, right, for the younger generation. So Pokemon cards, right? They're, it, it's not everybody doing it, right? But there's a popularity to it. And there are some people that are absolute nerds about it. And they are absolutely into studying it's not studying but collecting these cards or really any number of things when you can think of kind of like for a lack of better a term a more nerdy group of pe of people that are interested in a niche topic but they're diehards about it i think jazz is more along those lines than it is again competing against other styles of music like in my opinion jazz isn't competing for popularity like it doesn't even need to be popular like I don't think that's really the goal. I think it does need to be appreciated. I think it does need to be studied, but it doesn't need to be popular. And in a way, 
I kind of enjoy being a part of a group, a community of other people, especially musicians, like I said, who are just very enthusiastic about this genre. I like being a bit of a jazz nerd. Like It's fun to talk about music theory. It's fun to talk about Charlie Parker and the musicians of old and how they figured out the music. And it's fun to like figure out jazz standards. It's fun to figure out all this stuff. I think it's really cool. Okay. Now, another thing I want to point out, and this is among the musicians realm, is we've never been at a better moment of time for the concept of jazz and studying jazz and jazz education to thrive and flourish. We've never, ever, ever been at a better time. And the proof in that is literally what you're listening to right now. You're listening to a podcast about jazz and learning how to play jazz and studying jazz, right? And we have over 3.5 million downloads of this podcast. And I'm not the only jazz podcast out here, the only jazz education podcast out there, right? Now, YouTube, I have a YouTube channel of over 160,000 subscribers, right? Uh, There are lots of YouTube channels around jazz on specific instruments, around the general topic of jazz, around all this stuff. And I feel like, especially since the pandemic, I've only seen more and more, you know, professional jazz musicians trying to get into this space. So in other words, there is never been a better time to learn jazz. So even folks that are folk musicians, rock musicians, whatever kind of musicians, and they're just like, hey, I think I should learn a little bit of jazz. It's literally available. And there's never been a moment of time where there are more courses, online courses about playing jazz or memberships like our inner circle membership that about jazz. We're not the only ones. There are other ones as well. Like you've never had this situation where because of the internet, because of this, um, because of YouTube, quite frankly, because of the popularity of podcasts that have come up with really just the last five years or so, you've never had this moment of time. Even Instagram, right? Like you go on Instagram and you're seeing Instagram reels of people showing you musical stuff. Like I think about Jens Larson, who does a great job on that. Um, we started doing Instagram reels and stuff like that within the last year. There's so much out there that there is just so much fuel for the fire for more and more musicians who are interested in learning jazz or some jazz to kind of get into the boat and take a ride with us, even if it's just for a little bit. So for that reason alone too, is jazz dead or is jazz dying? I think absolutely not, right? And again, when we shift our perspective from like, hey, jazz was hardly ever popular music. Jazz is more like, a niche group of geeks, a club, if you will, and we're all really into it. This isn't evangelism, right? We're not trying to evangelize the style of jazz. It's okay that it's not popular. It's fun just to share it with others. And yes, we should want it to be um, shared with other people. That's a big reason I do what I do, right? I'm passionate about the genre. I like jazz music and I like other people to learn about it as well. So for all those reasons, and um, I guess I'm 22 minutes into this podcast episode, and that's all I've been talking about, let's end the conversation there about is jazz dead or dying. It's not. 
We're doing just fine, everybody. Everybody relax, have a good time, and uh, let's just keep the the show on the road here. Okay, so let's talk a little bit, though, about what the music is today, right? Because there's also this other conversation about, like, what is jazz, right? Like, what is the definition of jazz? And depending on who you talk to, you're going to get a lot of different answers. In my personal opinion, jazz is a style of music that takes many, many different forms. And it's a unique style of music as well, because it's been around for quite a long time now and, you know, over a century. And it's evolved, right? It's evolved a lot, right? We talked about, you know, early jazz, right? Um, Like think about Louis Armstrong and the Hot Five and all that stuff, you know, where you just have a bunch of stringed instruments and horns playing together. Then you've got the 30s and you got swing music, right? Um, The 20s and 30s, you got this, this swing music thing. The big bands come about, Duke Ellington, Count Basie, all these people, right? Benny Goodman. Then you got the 40s, and we got bebop, and you got the 50s, we got cool jazz, and we've got uh, hard bop, and then we've got uh, modal jazz coming onto the scene. The 60s, kind of a continuation of that, but then slowly we start going into free jazz a little bit, right? With like Ornette Coleman, The Shape of Jazz to Come. The 70s, now we start getting jazz fusion, because like I mentioned, like we have electronic instruments now, electric guitars, synthesizers, all that stuff. So we've got, um, you know, we've got Alan Holdsworth, we've got, um, you know, all these people, John Schofield, the Pat Metheny's are starting to come around the 80s and stuff like that. The 90s, in my opinion, is kind of this resurgence of jazz, of um, the, like the, this building of what we call, I would call the modern New York jazz scene. So you got musicians like Kurt Rosenwinkel and Brad Meldow and Joshua Redman and Chris Potter and all these people that kind of like really started coming up in the nineties. Right now, kind of starting in my opinion, the nineties, right? If we if we're thinking about fusion of seventies and eighties and stuff like that's kind of like rock meets jazz, right? improvisation meets rock and stuff like that. Um, and especially in a more instrumental sense, right? That's what, when I think of fusion, that's really kind of what I think of like more instrumental, um, rock and jazz fusing together. That's what I think fusion is. But when we get to the nineties and stuff like that, that's when you start in the two thousands, obviously that's when you start having this, this, um, I guess re, reclaiming of the tradition of jazz in some camps of the jazz of the jazz arena. I'm talking about like Wynton Marsalis, right? Um, or just lots of people, even in the New York jazz scene and in other scenes around the world that are like, yeah, we're still playing hard bop, but we're playing it in our own way. Like, yeah, we're still playing bebop stuff. We're still playing Coltrane stuff. We're just doing it in our own way. We're still swinging pretty hard. We're still, um, we're still doing all this, these styles of music, right? And meanwhile, like Bossa Nova is not dying. It's still, it's still happening. Like more traditional elements of jazz are still happening strong. They're just, everybody's putting their own spin on it, right? Um, they're composing their own music. It's not just about jazz standards anymore at this point, right? Um, yeah, people are playing jazz standards, but they're playing different arrangements of it, but they're also composing their own music. And yeah, they're still using traditional jazz harmony sometimes, but then sometimes they're not, right? 
They might be swinging. They might not be. But also you have like this, again, for lack of better terms, modern jazz thing going on where there's more of a focus on um, harmony that is non-diatonic, right? More uh, ethereal kind of music, more modal kinds of styles of music, but rooted in less swing and more groove, right? Um, There's just a certain ambiance about it. And again, I'm really thinking about the New York jazz scene, like the Kurt Rosenwinkels, the Brad Meldows, the um, uh, Kenny Garrett's, the, all this stuff. That's what I'm really thinking about when I'm thinking about the modern jazz thing. Okay. So you have that happening, but then, you know, like today, like I mentioned, like what's the popular music today? Popular music today is hip hop and R and B and pop and all that stuff. And you have people like Robert Glasper who, you know, yeah, they started playing standards and doing all that stuff, but they're kind of taking their stuff and bringing it into the hip hop world and the R&B world. And they're collaborating with vocalists and they're um, doing all that, like all this stuff, right? You've got um, people like, well, I mean, to let's go to another direction here. So you have bands like the Dave Matthews Band, right? So the Dave Matthews Band, if you think about the Dave Matthews Band, a lot of people categorize that as rock, um, folk, music, right? That's what you would kind of think of that music as, singer-songwriter music. But in his band are a lot of jazz-trained musicians. That's a point I'll get to in just a second, who play horns and they're, especially if you listen to their live albums, there's a lot of improvisation going on, okay? I'll even say this. So like smooth jazz, whether you like it or hate it, personally, I'm not a big fan. Smooth jazz, like Kenny G and all that stuff, is an evolution of the music of jazz, right? It's an off branch of the music of jazz. So so the, what's the point I'm trying to make here? The point I'm trying to make is that jazz is a music that's been around for a long time that has evolved over time, right? And not only has it evolved, it's gone off into different directions, right? So if we're trying to like define jazz, it can be difficult. For me personally, I'd say that jazz is defined by uh, an influence over a style that emerged from the 1920s and spans the history of jazz up into around the 1950s or so, right? Like that's kind of what people think of essentially swing and that style of playing. That's kind of what we think of as like the cornerstone of the style of jazz, right? But I think that making being, I'm I'm not um, a purist, if you will, where I, I think naming jazz, like it can't be jazz unless it's that kind of music, I think is inaccurate simply because of how the music has evolved, right? And so today, what I say we have is a lot more jazz trained musicians. Okay. So notice I didn't say jazz musicians, but jazz trained musicians. So you have all these different styles of music that are popular today that jazz musicians are actually becoming a part of or blazing a new trail, um, living up to the, the new styles of music that exists the things that people want to hear, but bringing their training as a jazz musician into that music, right? So 
those are what I would call jazz trained musicians. And, you know, you could, in some cases, I think it could depend on the day of what they would call themselves. Right. So like maybe, maybe they are a crossover artist, right? Um, I'm kind of thinking of like a John Batiste kind of character, right? Where John Batiste, I remember before he got onto the Stephen Colbert show, the late show, the late night show, is that what it's called? The late night show. You know, I remember seeing him play with Roy Hargrove at jazz clubs. Like he was in Roy Hargrove's band at one point for a little bit, right? At that point, he's a jazz musician. Today, what would you call him? Like certainly jazz influenced, certainly jazz trained, um, but he's bridging the gaps with all kinds of different music, right? So I think that's important to understand about jazz music and the future of jazz music is that jazz musicians have always adapted, right? The style of music has always evolved and it will only continue to evolve. But do I think that the quote unquote tradition of jazz is not going to carry on or live by in and of itself. No, I don't. Because again, going back to the point of institutionalization of the music, right? The historical aspect of the music, the recognition of the influence that the music has had upon all these different styles, right? So as far as the genre and where it's going, I think that's where it's going. I think that there's always going to be the jazz musicians out there at the jazz clubs who are still playing quote unquote straight ahead jazz, who are still playing quote unquote what we call a modern jazz style. So clearly within the genre of instrumental improvised music or even vocal vocal jazz, right? But then there's this other side that's like, hey, we're taking elements of jazz and putting it into styles of music that are popular, right? Or even not popular, but just bringing that influence forward, which is essentially what jazz has always done. And again, like to some people's ears, especially if you're a hardcore traditionalist or someone who has a very narrow view of what jazz is, that's uncomfortable to hear. Like you don't want to hear that. But again, when we look at everything in context, it's like jazz is a music that has always done exactly that, right? It has always changed to a certain degree. It's kept its roots and dragged it with it, but it's always changed on the top level, right? So that's fine, right? And that's a good thing. I think there's nothing wrong with that. And music is really... Um, all it really ever is music is it's, um, it's an expression of what's going on at the time. It's an expression of the environment it was created in. It's an expression of the historical context of what was been happening, right? Societal, social, economic, you name it, right? That's what art is influenced by music being no different than all art, right? So we have to keep that in mind, right? Now, as far as like learning, again, like jazz standards, like jazz standards being popular, I, I think jazz standards are always going to be with us. Again, going back to the inst- institutionalization of, of the music, right? It's always going to be 
something, right? Like the old great American songbooks, um, what I would call the jazz originals. Think of like the Wayne Shorter, Fee Five Ho Fums, the John Coltrane composition, like the compositions that aren't covers of Broadway shows or old films. It's actual compositions of jazz musicians that have been made popular, right? So, you know, those tunes to me are always going to be there because of that institutionalization. But also, if you really look at it, there has been plenty of pop musicians that have covered, right? I'm thinking of like Lady Gaga and of course like doing, or Amy um, Winehouse doing collaborations with um, Tony Bennett or whatever. Like there's, there's that influence is still there where it's every once in a while a jazz standard is being brought into these current times and popping out. But again, I want to pause right here and, and just refocus ourselves because I'm talking about, oh, like jazz standards are basically I'm talking about once again, are jazz standards dying? No, they're not dying. Right. But again, contextualization, are we trying to make jazz standards mainstream? Are we trying to get more attention to jazz standards? Maybe, maybe not. Like, but again, you have to remember, like, you're listening to this podcast because you are interested in the genre. You're a nerd about this music. You are, again, the, um, uh, you are the Pokemon card collector, for lack of better one. You are the, um, niche artist, art collector, fill in your thing. Like you are the geek, the nerd about this music. You like playing jazz standards. You like studying how to play them. You like composing your own songs using jazz standards as like this cornerstone for how to actually create music, right? Or you're the rock musician or folk musician or what naming musician who's here to learn something from jazz and take it away, right? So we're not looking at jazz needing to be popular or jazz standards needing to stick around for the long term, like whatever that means. Like there's always going to be the hardcore enthusiasts that are here about this music, right? And again, that's all that's supported by institutionalization, that's supported by the historical context of the music, that's supported by um, on like, YouTube and podcasts and the access to the information that is available today, right? Um, a great example of, of this is like Rick Beato. Like a lot of people probably are familiar with Rick Beato has a massively popular um, YouTube channel or uh, Adam Neely is another one who has a massively popular YouTube channel. And, you know, Rick Beato, for example, has lots of jazz influence, lots of... Um, uh, training in the jazz realm. However, you know, Rick Beato was a producer and he produced like early 2000s rock records and like, you know, very much so in the multi-genre realm and on his YouTube channel is talking about all that. But then it, he talks about jazz theory, right? It's just here and it's not going anywhere is what I'm trying to say, right? So... I do think the future of jazz education, going on to this subject and diving into it a little bit more, is 100% in the world of online access, which means websites, but mainly podcasts, YouTube channels, and social media, 
right? Podcast, YouTube channels, and social media. And some social media um, being a more more um, relevant than others. So, for example, um, Instagram is 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 more applicable to learning to actually learning jazz or bringing attention to people playing jazz than I think Facebook is, for example, these days. Um, you know, TikTok is like mostly just young people. That's not true. It's actually changing now. Like, but mostly like it's a big Gen Z or thing, TikTok, right? Um, and everybody's trying to copy it. That's why there's sh- YouTube shorts now. And that's why there's Instagram reels. But like TikTok, that short form video, there are musicians playing jazz or other styles of music that are creating short educational pieces of content on there, along with Instagram reels, along with YouTube shorts, um, YouTube, there's more and more jazz education, YouTube channels coming up. I've noticed even just in with the last couple of years, like all of this stuff is 100% emerging. Um, and that's something to pay attention to. So I think jazz education, while like it's still going to be in high schools. That's not going, at least in the United States, it's still going to be in high schools. So that's, I guarantee you not going anywhere. It's still going to be in colleges. I guarantee you that's not going anywhere. Right. Um, even, even if it's just like classes in college, but I mean, I don't think the idea of getting a degree in jazz performance, which is what I got or anything like that. I don't think that's actually going away. I think that's, that's here. That's here to stay. But as far as just the widespread consumption of jazz education, it's going to continue to be podcasts like this, YouTube channels. Um, and then the higher level of all of that is, you know, what those YouTubers and podcasters are offering. So for example, as you probably know, listening to this podcast, we have our inner circle membership, right? Cause, cause usually again, I talked about this on another podcast. It's like, we do these podcasts and we do this YouTube stuff for free and we love doing it and we love obviously, but it's also to support our business. Right. Um, and so that's just, that, that's going to keep perpetuating. You're still, you're going to have lots of free content out there to consume, but then there's going to be courses, right? that all these YouTubers and so on and so forth are selling. There's going to be memberships and, you know, there's going to, there, there's going to continue to be, um, a good variety of these things on offering. Right. And I think another really exciting and interesting thing is there's going to continue to be a diversity of options. So, right. Maybe it, there's content like what Rick Beato offers, right. Or, um, Adam Neely or crossover musicians, right. Who talk about other styles of music where they're not just teaching one style of music. They may be teaching music in general. Um, I'm not speaking for their brands, by the way, or you'll have very niche things. Like the main thing we do in our inner circle membership is we learn one jazz standard a month. That's the main thing that we do, right? We're very focused on jazz standards and geeking out about getting really good at improvising over them. That's what we do, right? Um, and also we have all instruments, right? Like sometimes people like they just focus on piano or just guitar. Like ours is unique because we have all kinds of instruments in there. And I think that adds a lot of benefit. Um, but all this to say to me, that's the future of jazz education is this online realm. And I, again, I think the field just grows richer and richer and richer, um, as time goes by. And especially because all of these platforms like YouTube, especially YouTube, I will say, um, 
but also like the social medias like Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that. They're really the competition is getting very stiff. Like you have to create very high quality content to get that content consumed. So therefore, in one way or another, the consumer is going to continue to get higher quality content. And then as a result, the quality of the content that these creators are selling on the back end of that, these musicians are selling on the back end of that, needs to be very high quality content. So I think it's a good thing in general. Um, great instruction. And um, that's only going to benefit everybody, I think. So, so those are kind of my thoughts on the future of jazz. I know there was a lot in there, and I know that we covered um, a lot of different topics there. But just to summarize, yeah, jazz is not dead at all, right? Jazz is not popular music, hasn't been for a long time. And really, I think the main core audience for jazz is musicians. But there are certainly still lots of people who enjoy music, jazz music, that are not musicians, right? Um, three, all that is okay because it is totally fine for us to have our little geeky club together where we geek out on jazz and music and stuff. This isn't an evangelist, in my opinion, at least I'm not in it to be an evangelist where it's like, we need to convert more people to jazz or else I don't know what's going to happen. Like, that's not the way I look at it at all. I think the future of jazz education is very much so online. I think that jazz, as far as its longevity, is very secure, especially because of the institutionalization of the education of the music and all the other thoughts in between. So hope that you found this interesting and, um, you know, just something to think about and to kind of generate your own thoughts around this topic. All right, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Do appreciate it. Um, by the way, as you as you probably know, if you listen to this podcast for a while, we'd love to invite you to join our LJS Inner Circle membership. We really do have a fun time in there. I mentioned earlier in the show, well, the main thing we do there is we study one jazz standard a month. We have etudes. We have resources. We have training. We have a community of other musicians doing it all together. It's really a lot of fun. But we also have courses on a lot of different jazz subjects like rhythm changes and blues and anything that you can imagine there that you would need help um, and support for becoming a better jazz musician and having fun. We have it there at the Inner Circle. So check it out, ljsinnercircle.com. All right, we're going to be coming out another great episode of the podcast coming up soon. So make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll see you back then. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.